All right, look, if this is going to be the music episode, this is all we need. Hello, and welcome to episode 118 of the Erasable Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Andy, and with me are my co-hosts, Johnny and Tim. Hey, guys. Hey, Andy. Yay. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for indulging me in my uh, my week off the other week. I had some planning and packing to do. So hey, uh, you get a week sometimes. I get a month off sometimes. So <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Johnny, have you ever missed an episode? I miss a couple. You know, I'll probably have another kid and miss one. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> my track record. <laughs> just keep keep on going. Yeah, Charlotte's horrified at the idea. No, <laughs> too many. So uh, today we're going to talk about um, the music we listen to while we're writing, and uh, we have some song recommendations. We have some just general chatting about like, you know, what kind of music we listen to, if the kind of music we listen to changes depending on the kind of stuff we're writing, and we're also going to put together a little Spotify playlist with some of our music suggestions, so you can you can save and follow along. So uh, let's jump into it. Um, before we do that, um, Tim, do you want to talk about your tools of the trade? Sure. Well, I am so I just got, got into a true crime podcast called Up and Vanish, which I know is like a household name with people who listen to true crime podcasts, I guess. I guess it's like pretty well known, but I just now I'm getting to it. Mm-hmm. Have either of you listened to Up and Vanished? Mm-mm. Nope. So it's yeah, so the season for season 1 is about this this uh young woman who was who went missing in Georgia somewhere. Um, some little town in Georgia, but it's, it's kind of a, and he says it in episode one, he's like, I am doing this because I heard cereal and it was awesome. And I, <laughs> I was like, I wonder if I could do that. <laughs> uh, and he, and he totally did. And so it's, uh, not nearly as good as, as cereal. The story is very good. And actually his like investigating is pretty solid as well. He's just not a very good podcaster. He's a filmmaker. <laughs> and so but it's, it's the full, um, first of all, the, the one thing it's, it's, Moments of it are kind of cringy, but I, I still think it's totally worth it just to listen to um, the story, like the, the the case that he's he's looking into, this disappearance case. But he has his buddy, and he's like, I'm going to let my friend, whatever, Jerry, tell you about this part of the story. And then his friend Jerry comes in with like a total, uh, what's that show that used to be on like daytime mysteries, uh Unsolved Murders oh. was that what was that show called? Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, it would be like two days after the incident, she was found, and it was like and it's super over the top kind of. <laughs> and, and then he just comes back in and starts talking. So there's stuff like that, and also he uh, he, he has this really strange habit of he'll he'll play an interview from somebody and they'll say something. I'll just make something up, but like the the interview, the guy will say, "Yeah, but what they don't tell you is that two days after the shooting." They found a an old latex glove in front of the house, and then he'll come back in like the host, and he'll say, "Jerry tells us that two days after the shooting, <laughs> they found a latex glove." I'm like, "Yeah, no, he just <laughs> said that." Just, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for translating. His accent's not that thick, but I appreciate it. So there's little things like that that like just make it kind of annoying sometimes, but it's still uh, it's still really good, and I've been kind of binging that over the last couple days, and. Uh, I am reading another Jack Reacher novel because it is summer break. My summer break officially started today. Oh, oh really? awesome. Um, so, yeah. That's, um, that's early, isn't no it? No more pencils. No it's more books. It's early 
to some parts of the country, it's late here. Actually, most schools have been out a couple weeks because ours is all, we start a lot earlier. So we start like August oh. 3rd. Oh, wow. Instead oh, of, God. So we start way early, but we get done a little earlier. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but so we're done. I've got some like in-service stuff I've got to go to, but summer was starting and I wanted something just fun to read. And so I'm reading Gone Tomorrow by Lee Child. And that one's really good. It's about, a, he, it starts out on a subway in New York city and he sees it's like two o'clock in the morning or something. And he sees five people in the subway car with him. And one of them checks all of the boxes as a suicide bomber that the Israeli government came up with this. Like if they check off these 12 boxes, then they're a suicide bomber. Um, and it's this like young woman and she actually ends up committing suicide, like in that first part. And so it's like the list he checked, she checked all the boxes, but then it was like a, a strange result. And so, uh, he gets interviewed by the, the police and then of course there's some sort of like cover up and he's trying to and and, and of course he finds himself in the middle of it so that's how every (laughs) the plot of every lee child novel but it's (laughs) it's really good i love it um i am gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna wait and let andy bring this up because you know it better than i do but i am also reading good omens by terry pratchett neil gaiman in preparation for the series that's coming out on amazon prime but this is the first time i've read it um so i'm Really enjoying it, but I'm going to wait until Andy brings that up and we can yeah, we can talk about it then. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. So, and I am writing in a craft field notes graph notebook. So uh, I, hmm. I, because I just subscribed on that last edition and got some craft packs and just decided to bust one of those out and I'm enjoying it. And I am writing with gasp, a pen. Dude, <laughs> how but, dare you go get out? But <laughs> you're but, taking next week off, bud. Somebody's <laughs> <laughs> taking the next few weeks off. I am. I am writing with a. It's a Pilot Juice Click gel pen, hmm. uh, but it's in gray. So it's a it's a gray ink. So it's it's a very. I was I was just kind of playing around with it and decided to write with it because it's. I, I bought it trying to get a, a pen that looked like graphite. It's a lot lighter, but it's it's just it's still it's kind of fun to play with. But I've got that. I do have a pen present, which I should acknowledge, and I have a Write Notepads jumbo uh, pencil here as well. Hmm. So, dude, this is a performance. You should just lie. Yeah, <laughs> nobody can like, tell. This is a video podcast. Yeah, I remember we used to like make up drinks when we were just sitting there drinking water or coffee. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm hammered. I got another whiskey. It's like Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> I think every time I ever had alcohol, you probably could tell. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Pencil good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's what I am writing in. Nice. How about you, Johnny? How about you, Johnny? So um, continuing my, my streak of reading books about mental health, I just read a book called My Age of Anxiety by Scott Stossel, who you might recognize as like the editor of the Atlantic Monthly. So um, it's, it's very personal and like, you know, um, anxiety is sort of like an umbrella term for a lot of things and everybody experiences it differently. And his includes like crapping his pants a lot. So, like, I'm very thankful that that's not something I have to experience. Yeah, that's a weird manifestation. <laughs> yeah, there's there's an article that um, in The Atlantic, I have to look up the link for it, where um, he sort of condensed the book. And one of the sh- stories he told was basically pooping his pants at the Kennedy compound. In a, or no, he didn't poop his pants. He almost pooped his pants. He exploded the bathroom. 
Ooh. And uh, there was poo everywhere. Oh, wow. Mm. So he escaped in a soiled towel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But, I mean, it was it was a good book. And um, so you, do you guys ever get a magazine and you don't read your new ones because you haven't read your old ones? Uh, every time I, I get a trial subscription to The New Yorker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so twice a I year. Think- I have like three and a half years of poets and writers sitting next to my bed. So I finally started going through them, nice. which is cool. I happened across my sister-in-law on one, on nice. one of those pages where they talk about what they're reading, which was pretty cool. You just got to, um, just got to declare magazine bankruptcy and just start, start from the beginning. But like poets and writers is such a pretty magazine. That's true. That's true. That, like that nice matte cover. Yeah. So like writer's digest is pretty good, but the photography in there is just bad like you guys have all this money and your layout looks good why is your photography so bad like did you take this on your phone drunk and then edit it badly yes but um (laughs) so i've been watching a show on uh netflix called hinterland have i talked about this before i don't think so it's one of those um like british crime dramas but it's welsh and apparently they um they film every scene twice once in welsh and once in english so on netflix of course has the english one but um, in the U.S., they also condense them so that they're um, just one story for an hour and a half instead of splitting up the episodes like they do on TV in the U.K. Um, it's like it's so dark. My dad's like, I don't watch that show. It's too dark. It like has this creepy soundtrack and it's whales and whales is so pretty and also kind of dark. It's a really, really good show. I'm, I'm about through season two of three and I think they might be done which sucks but um the lead is the guy who married um poldark's cousin on poldark the captain mm-hmm. oh so they, yeah yeah so it's a crossover <laughs> no, no. it's contemporary it's the most ambitious but, um, I, crossover ever yeah i just found out that my father's mother's maiden name was welsh so i'm like oh hmm. this is all fitting so now instead of scotland 2020 we're talking about wales 2020 so if there are any listeners in Wales that want me to come live with them in 2020 and bring all my <laughs> kids, you know, you can have all my 211. Stay quiet. And by 2020, they'll be worth a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so I, I'm working on a post for Pencil Revolution about Ticonderogas that's sort of getting away from me. So I'm, you know, going to chop it back down to blog post length. But with that in mind, I'm writing with a Chinese Ticonderoga, which is so smooth and nice, and a Field Notes Confidential book, those ones that they put out with Loot Crate, I guess, like 2015, yeah. something like that. Nice. Yeah, I thought, I knew I had another one. I just found it today. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Andy? Oh, man. Um, I have a bunch of consuming this time around. Um I won't go into it in too much detail because uh, you talked about it the last episode, but I too have been watching Street Food, and it's such a good show. Just be- beautiful photography, and just yeah, really. Some of the stuff like I don't really want to eat snails or reef reef eels, but uh, other than that, <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> um, we watched not not too long ago. It was on, I think it was earlier this week. Did you all see that they were doing a uh, reenactment, like a line by line reenactment of? An episode of All in the Family and an episode of the Jeffersons. What? No. Yeah, they got um, Woody Harrelson and Marissa Tomei played the Bunkers, and Jamie Foxx played George Jefferson. Uh, Wanda Sykes was um, uh, was um, oh, what's the mom's name in the Jeffersons? Wheezy um, played her. It was it was really good. Um, 
I used to watch a lot of All in the Family and the Jeffersons on Nick at Night. Um, I'm not old enough to have watched it when it was when it was on television, but um, they had uh, Norman Lear there. Um, he's like a billion years old, um, <laughs> and they just did this reenactment. I I think it was they were celebrating an anniversary of something. I don't remember what, but it was so good. Katie and I then went and found the original episodes and watched them too. Um, what Jamie thought? I missed this. Yeah, I um. I'll find a link and maybe you can watch it online, but um, it's it's amazing. Jamie Foxx just like channeled George Jefferson. Like he he's much taller, um, mm-hmm. much taller than than the guy who played George Jefferson is. But he like got the body language down perfect. It was amazing. <laughs> I can see him nailing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So watch that. Um, we've been watching a new show on HBO called Gentleman Jack. Have you? Have either of you heard of this? Oh, I thought you were referring to the whiskey. Yeah. So did I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can zoom in a lot of Gentleman Jack. No, Gentleman Jack is uh, a nickname for um, this uh, true, true, per- like actual person from the eighteen, I want to say thirties, um, in uh, Halifax in England, um, named Anne Lister, and she kind of a prolific um, jack of all trades. She she was a scientist. She managed an estate, uh, which is pretty rare for a woman back then. But then she had these uh, this big series of journals that she uh, journaled in code into. Um, and in the 1930s, like 100 years later, they, they were able to translate it. And they found out that she was a about as out of a lesbian as you can be in 1830. Like she had like female companions she wrote a lot about like sexual encounters with women um yeah so she for for obvious reasons she wrote she wrote that in code um but this this story is just sort of a dramatic reenactment and it's very good it's it's really good um just a big big fan of of that story um and then also yeah uh, good omens so um I'm I've been reading it again specifically because um the mini the BBC miniseries is coming to Amazon Prime I think tomorrow or Friday. Um uh, 31st whenever that is. Uh, 31st okay. I don't know when we're going to release this episode but um June 30 or no May 31st there's going to be a six part good omen series and it is everything I've ever dreamed of. So I first <laughs> I Casting first is so awesome. So yeah. good. I first read Good Omens Man, probably like, probably like fifteen years ago, um, I was just sort of learning about like British sci-fi fiction, like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and um, Doctor Who, things like that. And this book just kind of like, like I was a big Neil Gaiman fan, and I just sort of stumbled on this book. Um, Tim, I'm really interested to know kind of what your first impressions as as an adult of this book are. Hmm. Yeah, I so I um. A big Neil Gaiman fan. Yeah. I've never read anything else by Terry Pratchett. Mm. Um, I have. Uh, what's the the color of what's it called? The color of magic. Oh yeah. I almost said the color purple, but I think that's a different book. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> um, yeah, the color of magic. I have that one on my Kindle. I haven't read it yet though. So I was. So I'm really fascinated by it because it's there are these moments where I'm like, I think that's Neil Gaiman. I think that's Terry Pratchett. You know, like I yeah. want to know how I don't know anything. I haven't read any interviews like and usually I'm somebody who dives into that kind of thing. But I've I've avoided them. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what did oh, I have a game re- do? What did Pratchett do? All that kind of stuff. I have um, a really I, good I have a really good um, interview with Neil Gaiman. It was post post Terry Pratchett's death, but you should read it. I'll, I'll get it for you. 
Okay, that'd be awesome. Link. Yeah, I'd love to read it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's it's not what I was expecting it to be. Uh, by any means, because I, I sort of knew the premise. I knew the sort of good and evil, end of the world kind of thing. But it pretty quickly takes you in a different direction than you were than you were expecting. Um, I don't, I, I'm trying not to give things away, so I'm like intentionally being vague about it for people who maybe aren't going to read it and maybe are going to wait for the series or whatever. Yeah. But I find it very hilarious. I find the relationship between uh, Crawley and uh, what's his name? Aziraphale. Zero fail. Like their relationship is really amazing, and I love just that that kind they're, of concept of they've been around each other so long. They're basically friends by now. Yeah, they're like <laughs> you know, they're like Cold War era spies, like British yeah, and Soviet. Exa- or something. Uh, yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, they're like we're in this we're in the same struggle here, and like let's just let's just both figure this out. So yeah. I'm I find it very entertaining. I've got it on audiobook as well. Um, I have like a mass ma- uh, mass market. Or what do you call it? Yeah, mass market paperback mm. version of it that I've been reading from, and then I've got the audiobook, and the guy who does the audiobook is yeah. very, very good. Um, I just got, well, not just, but like a pretty recently, I listened to the scene where they're like drinking together um, in the used bookstore, and then they decide, like, wait, we need to sober up for this, and then just like purge the alcohol from their system. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. that he did a really good job at on on that scene. So there was a um, there was a BBC radio play. Um, years ago maybe i listened to it when i first moved to california so i guess probably like 2014 2015 and it was it was also just really good a lot of a lot of celebrities there um but yeah it's it's really good it reminds me so much like i love the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and it reminds me a lot of that and it's only later like after i read it again as an adult that i just really appreciated the just the mixture of voices in there and Mm -hmm. I like as somebody who definitely not a good omens type book, but I'm trying to write a book with somebody else currently. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to keep it so like, cause they keep it so smooth. And I mean, yeah. for them, you can't there mostly the time when I said that about telling like who's writing with like which part, the times that it kind of jumps out to me is in times of dialogue. Like I can sort of feel yeah. it when, when Gaiman's writing the dialogue versus when Pratchett's writing the dialogue, because uh, Pratchett is a little busier or something, and Gaiman's is a little more like short and to the point. And yeah. he, he has that way of writing dialogue that is starting. It's like you pick the most obvious thing someone could say and then jump like three steps down the line. Yeah. And, and then that, like, the, the third most likely thing they would have said, but seems very appropriate. That's what Neil Gaiman writes. So it's like, yeah. that's where I feel like it comes across. But in the narration, it all seems pretty fluid and smooth yeah well i'm i i remember when i first heard about that the show was being developed and i was just like over the moon and then they just started in, like one by one announcing like cast members and it's just mm-hmm. like david tennant is uh crowley and uh michael sheen is a zero fail and john ham's in it and benedict cumberbatch does a voice and <laughs> so good it, oh gosh it <laughs> The scene where he, uh, the hellhound is showing up at the kid's birthday or whatever, uh-huh. and then he starts describing what the dog is going to look like. Yeah. And the dog, it starts to describe how the dog's like shifting and changing colors and all that. Yeah. That sounds exactly like Theo. <laughs> when he's describing it, was like kind of blowing my mind. His dog like, just looks like a dog. Yeah. It was like the colors of the dog, and then like one ear that's turned inside out and facing forward, and one that's going the other direction. It's like, I was like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> Theo's hellhound, yeah. But uh, so I will, yeah. I'll, I will say one thing about this interview with um, 
Neil Gaiman. Like so, Neil Gaiman has been like very active on the set, like doing line edits and and all this stuff, which he doesn't usually do. And um, he was talking about why he's doing it that way, and it's because like literally from his deathbed, Terry Pratchett said like, "Hey, like if ever they do a TV series out of this, I want you to do the script." Like, mm. and so like, how do you say no to that? Like, you no. you, you don't. <laughs> how? No way. Yeah. Gosh. So. Such a good book. Um, if any of you out there have not um, read the book, um, or, and are somebody who wants to like read a book before you see a miniseries, like definitely do that. It goes pretty fa- pretty quickly. It's a really good book, and also the miniseries. So it's just going to be. I I have not seen it yet, but I imagine it's going to be excellent. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good call. Cool. And then I am writing um, with my Epsara Pop, one of my various, one of my many Epsara Pops. Um, in my James brand, the, the bright, bright green field notes, which, cool. yeah, I think I've talked about it before. Like, I don't really care about James brand, but I really love this, this green. Yeah. Hey, yeah. can I mention two things that I forgot to bring up? Yeah, please do. For tools of the trade. So, uh, for consuming, one of them is the new vampire weekend album. Have you guys listened to that oh, at all? Yeah, I haven't, but I've heard good things about it. Oh, it's so good. And billboards like, for you, it. you guys know I'm like a, oh, did you say billboards? Uh-huh. They have billboards oh, right here. That's crazy. It's <laughs> <Man. laughs> like I'm just imagining a billboard for Vampire Weekend in East Tennessee. Like <laughs> uh that would be so jarring. I would probably crash my car and like drive off the side of the road. Um <laughs> all of ours are fast food. So that's, that's the only billboards I ever see. Um and oh, this the, the and also one for we have two rival trampoline parks here in town. Uh, and, and 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 one of them is called Just Jump, and then the the other one's called Quantum Leap. And Quantum Leap came out with a billboard that said, "Don't just jump, Quantum Leap." <laughs> no, I, like, I love your, it. Yeah. Your next uh, student podcast awards, you should do like a um, like a documentary of yeah. like a documentary of like the the rival trampoline parks. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. That's right. We're gonna PBL that. We're gonna yeah. project based learning that next semester. Um, so, but that album is is really really good. And I, you know, I'm a huge Paul Simon fan. And I've and I've I, the Vampire Weekend in this album. Uh, I feel like they are the the heirs to the Paul Simon throne. Like, just they have a, it's like a similar sound, but in like an advanced kind of like modern way. So I think that, it's a really cool album. That is high praise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just in especially like the Graceland kind of era where they're like bringing in music, like world music sounds and in like the fast lyrics and witty um, kind of back and forth stuff. So, uh, and they have really a song cool. about the Oxford comma, which is they pretty do. cool. Yeah. Such a good which song. Andy, which Andy Ever. bought me a shirt. Remember that? I still oh, have that shirt. That's right. That's right. It yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, the nobody gives a yeah typewriter bell about the Oxford comma. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was fun. That's awesome. I actually promised. I would wear it to school on the last day, and then I forgot. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the the last one, and this is a a fresh point that I actually have not, or a, a consuming that I haven't consumed yet, but I am so excited to because I just discovered it last night. And Andy, as a recent Oakland Athletics devotee, <laughs> you should you should look into this. Andy Samberg, uh, the Lonely Island, came out with a Netflix special called the unauthorized bash brothers experience <laughs> which is billed as a visual poem about jose canseco and mark mcguire <laughs> and, <laughs> and those two are played by andy samberg and uh uh 
uh, Akiva Schaefer okay. are playing those two. And so it's like a 30 minute like rap video that's all about the Bash brothers, these two like baseball players from the eighties who hit, hit a, like took a bunch of steroids and hit a bunch of home runs. And it's uh it's on Netflix and it just like blew my mind last night when I saw that it was there. And there's like Sia's in it and like the high uh, the the uh, sisters from Heim are also in it and like, gosh, I'm so excited. I can't, I can't wait to watch it tonight. <laughs> um it looks ridiculous. Yeah. I so. I saw that I, I spent a lot of time on Spotify today because you know, for obvious reasons, and I saw Toffer yeah. was listening to it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> good, good Toffer. <laughs> um, Wait, you right. can see what we're listening to? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> crap, I listen to some embarrassing music. <laughs> I mean... I just added you as my friend on Spotify, so... <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, so sorry, I forgot those two. I just wanted wanted to bring the wanted to bring those up. So, but we should get on with it. Yeah. Uh, fresh points. Uh, Tim, did you have any any fresh points? I barely. Okay. So, uh, the only one I have is that today, I went to pick up my son at my in laws house, and Henry came out super excited and he said, "Dad, I got a new pencil." I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" And then he pulled a big. Uh, mechanical pencil out of his pocket like one of like the basic ones that's like clear and i literally like and i'm not like saying this just for show on the podcast but i i had to hold myself back from saying mechanical pencils are bullshit son <laughs> <laughs> like like the david reese quote like i had to, i had to literally like stop myself i almost just said it just kind of promise me fun. son not to it... do what i have done and use mechanical <laughs> because, pencils because it came to my head i was like Mechanical pencils are born. Yeah, I almost I almost <laughs> quoted David Reese to my son, and I like I actually had to stop myself. So um, that was basically it. <laughs> so that's that's the, <laughs> that. Those are my fresh. What points. does that mean, really, Dad? No, the end. What? Yeah, but uh, nothing else has really crossed my path. So that, that's all I got. So yeah. Johnny, why don't you go for it? I mean, it says something on here about build a bear. Under years. Don't talk about that. I don't know if you want to talk about that. We'll talk no. about it later. Later. Still okay. in a state of denial on that. Yeah. <laughs> Build bear addiction. So um, I only have two fresh points, neither of which are related to pencils. Sorry. Um, so you, have you guys seen uh, Box Pen Company? Box is spelled B-A-U-X for yep. Boxite. So they did a, a um, Kickstarter a few years ago where they made this um, like basically a metal Bic pen that you would put a Bic pen refill into, which was like pretty cool. I don't know why I didn't back it. I don't know. I, you know what? We just had a kid. I was probably being good. But um, they did another Kickstarter where they did a, a second version where um, they did different colors and different metals and different grips and different end plugs. So now they have a website. So you can go in there and order like a, um, you know anodized blue with a red grip and pick your ink color and put like a you know lime green plug in the end or something wacky. Um, they're like nine fifty something. They're not they're not expensive. And for like eleven fifty, you can get the fancier versions. And if you buy one for five bucks, they'll throw in like a mystery pen. So I picked up one that's raw aluminum with a brass grip and a brass plug, and it's like the world's heaviest big pen now, and it's really awesome. So I'm like super excited about this, and um. If turns out Brian is the guy behind Spoke Pen Company, so 
Yeah, he's already famous. Huh. Wait, what's, what's so, he? So, I don't Have you guys seen these before? Um, spoke design. They make pens and mechanical pencils and stuff. Hmm. No, I've not seen that either. Yeah, they're kind of spidery looking. I think Brad talks about them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're, they're like really cool. I'm like, hmm. I don't really buy mechanical pencils, but this is pretty awesome. So do you do you have one of these box pens in your hand? Um, uh, no, it's okay. not in my hand. Or I mean, did you get one? Oh yeah, I, mine came yesterday. I got the um, the brass one. And then my my mystery pen was red uh, with a I think it's a titanium grip and a um, black plug in the end. It's like red, and the finish is so pretty. I'm like mm, I I can see many of these in my future. So th- this is that's the really cool. This is the question I asked in the in the group, but like it, the thing I I'm kind of struggling to understand is like what what value it provides because to me you've just taken a twenty five cent big pen and turned it into a ten dollar big pen, which which is good. Like it feel it feels to me like it defeats the purpose because like the nice thing about those big pens is if you lose them it's fine you can just get another one, but now if you lose it you lose your like bespoke metal metal backing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, John Ruiz was talking about them in the um, R- I think it was the RSVP Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So, like, I when I saw somebody whose opinion I trust get them and like really like him, I was like, ooh, I'm pulling the trigger. Yeah. So he, he had the good point that um, you know, Bic is already a really good refill, and um, if you add some weight to the pen, it's just like that much smoother and darker. To yeah, I've never. Still. I've never touched it, but that's kind of my. That was what immediately appealed to me is just that I don't usually write with those just because they're like too light, and I guess I'm used to using like when I'm writing with a pen something a little, little, little heavier. So that's that's what appeals to me. But I also it makes me nervous because by the looks of it, you still use the cap from the Bic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I I haven't even been using it. The cap. Okay. Because it's like if I put that on there, like I'm just afraid I'd lose it. Anyways, like. Yeah, you can just get any old um, cap from a big round stick and stick it on there. It's a cool. I really like the concept just because, like, you know, so many custom pens use like fancy refills that are hard to find, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the Baron mm-hmm. Fig Squire. But I like this because you can just like, you know, find a big Lang on the street and pull it out and like use the refill. So I, I like that idea. And he sort of acknowledges that Bic is actually really good quality for like you know the price and the ubiquity yeah. of it. But I just it, it reminds me a lot of like those stainless steel covers you can get for your Sharpie, and I'm just like <laughs> I lose Sharpies so fast. I'm not going to pay thirty dollars to lose, for a Sharpie that I'm going to just lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, but they look so, great. so you can put like any refill from any bit crystal or what's that called the round stick. Yeah. So like all my fancy um, bit crystal fines fit, and the new colors of the bit crystal bold fit. I'm like, mm. ugh. Hmm. But um. It's really, really comfortable. Like the grip section that I was using, it's brass. Um, it's ribbed, but then it's machined to be like really flat, so it's not like like a piano string. Um, yeah. It's really, really grippy, but not sharp. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the diameter is really good. I don't, I don't always like a fat pen, but um, I'm like totally loving this. The the weight is sweet, just like swings around, but it's not like heavy. Yeah, I uh, I really like the on the I'm on their website right now. I, I do I really like that that little detail that when you're ordering your pen, you're deciding what you want. That you can decide if you want the logo printed right-handed or left-handed. Yeah, that's great. yeah, that's awesome. That is that is cool. So. Yeah, and they have a a nice website. It's simple, easy to to uh, navigate, and there are a lot of parts. Like you can pick um, what color refill, what color 
I forgot what they call it, the collar, like the thing that holds the refill and what color cap. But then there's a nice diagram where they lay it all out like this is what we're referring to. And the um the pieces fit together really well. There must be like a billion threads on them. They're like hmm. probably way stronger than they need to be. Yeah. But like, oh, I'm really digging them. So All like, right, you I'll just... check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like totally gonna order one tonight. So yeah, you could yeah. get one and go to a bank and steal all their, you know, crappy, crappy custom Bic pens, steal the refills, and like, you're writing it for a year. Can, can you get style? Can you get Matt Black? Can I get a tactical Bic? Uh, <laughs> I think they do have Matt Black. <laughs> can I get like a flint tip on it? Yeah. To start. Okay. <laughs> can I get something I can put on my revolver? <laughs> something i can start a fire with yeah <laughs> i mean it would be cool if they did like full brass but um the brass grip makes it bottom heavy which works really really well it's really nice so uh yeah i'm I'm really stoked with these they're really really sweet for moleskins because moleskins like a ballpoint and you know not a lot else <laughs> yeah and um yeah, so you know there'll be a link into the show notes, so that's awesome. Um, and I'm trying to write for Medium more because I miss having a blog. So it turned out that I had a Medium account that had like a bunch of followers, but I didn't know that, and I started a new one, so I have like four followers or something. <laughs> so like, go follow me on Medium, please. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You say you started writing a Medium because you missed having a blog. You do have a blog. <laughs> I mean, I, I missed having a blog that wasn't about pencils. Oh, okay. Where I could um, use the F word if I felt like it. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, yeah, the one thing that I posted on there uh, last week, um, I think I had the F word in it a couple times. Yeah. Because, you know, why not? But it's behind the paywall. So I think I need to use a special link for that thing, how that works. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. It was, uh, it was about obsessive compulsive disorder. So, yeah. If if that afflicts you, check it out. If it doesn't, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's at John Gamber Jr. because my other account, which is at Johnny Gamber, I didn't know I had. And I, th- I think I asked you can them if them... I can merge them. Yeah. But they uh they ignored me and haven't answered my question. Boo, so again. <laughs> I know Why where aren't you there for me? <laughs> I know where their office is. I can just go like pick it outside if you want me to. Yes. Yeah. I'll send you a bow, uh, box pen. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I want to say bow every time I see it. I'm like, it's not box, but it's yeah. from uh, Boxite, which is the name of aluminum, which I did not know, but now I know. Oh, cool. That's huh. That makes perfect damn sense. And um, I should mention they package stuff like really nicely, and they, they include a sticker, and their logo is really cool. So uh, I hope this takes off. And um, I, <clears throat> I asked them if they would do any plans to do something like a pencil extender, Mm-hmm. because like if they used their grip on a pencil link center, that'd be pretty awesome. They said no plans, Boo. but you know, I, that's when I found out they own the other pen company. So of course they have lots on their plate. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, those are all my fresh points. I just you, ordered Andy? one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did you get? I got uh, the sandblasted matte grip, the black aluminum barrel with no logo with the red plug on the end. And I chose the gray, translucent gray plaque, uh, or sorry, translucent gray cap and collar with blue ink. Nice. Did you get the $5 like mystery pen? The what? For five bucks extra, they'll send a, a mystery pen. <laughs> I gotta go back. I was about to, <laughs> I was about to put, 
<laughs> I was about to hit complete order, but now I gotta go back. <laughs> yeah, I got I got mine like delivered with two pens for like twenty dollars. I'm like score sweet. Okay. All right. <laughs> nice. Going back. <laughs> Gotta have to check these out. Cool. Um, what do I have on fresh points? Um, the big thing, which I should have like asked one of you to um, talk about last time, but I forget, completely forgot, is that we are uh, accepting submissions and pitches for Plumbago issue six, which is really exciting. Um, this issue is going to be about travel and nature, and writing or tools, you know, for for said travel and nature. Um, we've already had a lot of really good submissions. Um, Tim, I think you were one of them. Yes, and well, you, you got you got the the, the, the tease. Pitch. Yeah, the, so you yeah. got the pitch. Yeah. yeah, we have a couple. Um, I'll I'll tease out one submission right now, even though like we don't have it in hand yet. Um, you know, our friend Gary Varner, who's been on the show before, has recently oh, yeah. kind of packed up um, his house and started just driving around the country in a like camper van, uh, hashtag van life, and uh, he. <laughs> Uh, he's going to write something about um, basically what art supplies and stationery do you take with you when you live in a tiny, you know, what is it, like 30 square foot space. And Oh, that's awesome. Like what is his, his writing and like internet process? Um, like how does that work? So, yeah. Um, I, I can't nice. wait. It's going to be really good. Um, we would love, love some pitches for some people with visual mediums. Um, if you're a comic mm. artist or an illustrator or something like that, like I would love to hear, um, hear your ideas for it because we have a lot of really good poetry and fiction and memoir. Um, but I would love some more visual stuff. So yeah, if you go to plumbago.xyz, um, click on that first sort of like post down there about, about accepting pitches for issue six, it'll give you instructions on how to do that. So, uh, we'll be collecting pitches, through june 15th so about two weeks uh two weeks more and then um we'll be accepting then submissions themselves until july 15th and then after that i'm hoping a month after that we get we get this thing out the door so um yeah should be really good um second thing i'll mention is the reason i was gone uh last episode was i was getting ready to go to los angeles for the weekend for a long weekend and had a really good time. Um, one thing where we went that was really fun is we went to a stationary shop called Shorthand. Um, if anybody here is familiar with Iron Curtain Press notebooks, um, they sell them in um, CW pencils. Um, I think there was the one that was included with a, um, a pencil box maybe like a year ago. Um, hmm. They're printed in the back of this shop, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. Did yeah. you get to check out like the machinery and stuff? Yeah, they have a big old Heidelberg back there, and they. Oh, um, awesome. I think they make a bunch of business um, doing making like custom like letterpress cards and stuff. But they have really good like checklist paper and spiral bound <laughs> notebooks. Um, I dare say their spiral bound notebooks rivals the quality of these other spiral bound notebooks on the East Coast. But mm. I, I won't. I won't say who. Fight, fight, <laughs> fight, fight, fight. fight. <laughs> um, but, but LA is not Baltimore. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I don't know if that's a bad thing, <laughs> right? Good or bad thing? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, the climate's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's already hot, and disgusting here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, still plenty of you know race riots and stuff, but hmm. 
They have Mike Trout, though, playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> They've got that going for them. <laughs> which is nice. Not the Orioles. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. The The only thing I, I bought from there um, was this little uh, Tombow Mono eraser that is like the size and shape of a chapstick. And instead of like a chapstick end, it's a little eraser, the width of a pencil eraser. It's that really great PVC plastic Tombow eraser. And you twist cool. it and the eraser advances like a chapstick so it's really small and really nice i'm a big fan of this i'll put a link in show notes but um, I so, that looks so awesome yeah i've, I've never i want nev- one of those so bad i've never seen one before if i could figure out where to get them i'll send you a link but there's a little like place to put a string on it and i'm like i could wear this as like a necklace and just always have my eraser with me you should totally that? do that <laughs> nerd <laughs> yeah Hashtag nerd life. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag erasable <laughs> life. Nerd life. Cool. So, um, yeah, that is that is Fresh Points. Let's jump into the main topic. Um, so we have a, a couple ways we could go with this. Um, we have some points of discussion kind of framing framing the way that we listen to music when we're writing. Um, and then also we have some um, just some short playlists. Like I, we originally kind of went for five songs and I just had five songs which i'll kind of get into but we we sort of one of the things i'll I'll disclaim is we mentioned that like often this is very album based um because when you go into a writing session you're probably listening to kind of like an album album length like session and we tried to pick a song that's the most representative of the album that we're talking about um Mm. johnny and tim you both had quite a bit more than i did but are we? Do we just want to talk about five here on the show and just include more sure. for the for the playlist? But oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We yeah we did more than five to the playlist. Or Johnny and I, I think added ten each or something like that. Yeah. But I think yeah, for here, let's just cover like maybe the, the the top five and maybe even if you don't get to all all five of them and yeah. just to just to kind of give a a sampling and then people can go to the playlist as we go yeah. or uh, playlist afterwards. And I was also I was going to mention that. Um, we're going to try to play some clips, not for all 15 of the songs we're going to discuss, but try to play some clips in a very low tech way, but just kind of using it. <laughs> Shut up. Phone. It's super but, high tech. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but also the playlist is already made. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're listening to us mention these songs, you can absolutely pause and go to the Spotify playlist and listen to the songs that we're talking about yeah. as we go. And that would probably be a, you know the the way to go, and the the playlist playlist is already made, and it's going to be in the show notes. We'll have a um, I'll have a link in show notes, but if if you just search Spotify for Erasable Episode One Eighteen, um, you should find it, and it has a little very very classy uh, album art that I I made. It took me a very long time to make this. I love it. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks. My next tattoo. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Um, <laughs> Spotify is great. Um, I think I think you can listen to this even with a even on a free tier, right? It just maybe ad supported, and I think you just have to you can only shuffle play it, right? Yeah, it'll it'll shuffle play, and I think it'll it'll throw in some similar songs now and then or I whatever. Like, yeah. Cool. How how do you guys want to start? Do you just want to just do some quick discussion about like you know how we listen to music? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. So the first question, I guess, the broadest one is like, in what in what context when you're writing do you listen to music? Um, and also does the type of music change depending on that context? Um, do you listen to different music when you're writing creatively or when you're writing emails or, or what have you? Yeah. I think for me, when I'm writing, 
if I'm writing anything other than just creatively, like emails or whatever, it really doesn't matter at all. But if I'm writing creatively, it has to be uh, instrumental music for me. Um, and also, and this is, I'm not going to put this on my playlist, but just to put a shout out to uh, some really cool, like white noise stuff that's out there. Um, mm. I, I really like listening to that. Like my favorite, and I'll see if I can find a link. I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'll try to find a link to this YouTube video that is just a train in siberia for like 12 hours wow. but but it's just the it's just the sound it's like snowing and there's a so there's a visual just going out the window and it's just like 12 hours of a train going through like the depths of siberia and it's just like the most relaxing sound ever yeah <laughs> but as far as music goes um yeah i i it's, it's always it's got to be instrumental and i think it does change depending on like the mood, but I have a playlist that I've made before that is kind of like, no matter what, that's going to work. Like this playlist is going to, is going to fit because it kind of jumps around in, in style. There was an app. Um, it was a little thing you could put in your toolbar on a Mac where it just plays like coffee shop sounds and like Mm. clinking of glasses and like, you know, general conversation. Yeah. I've seen that. You could like turn up and down rain and storms and busyness and (laughs) things like that, which is cool. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, I'll look for that too. Um, I I have to say I it was hard for me to come up with this list because I am really bad. I can barely listen to music when I write. Like, like definitely nothing lyrical. Um, but I like, and even sometimes I can't listen to music at all. Like Harry Marks, I think weighed in at, at some point and said that like he just can only write you know with silence, and I'm most of the way there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What what about you, Johnny? So um I guess for me it usually depends less on um the context and more on like what kind of mood I'm in. That makes sense. Like um frequently could use a little bit of a mood boost. So I don't usually listen to my usual mopey music when I'm writing. That makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't really listen to like tool or Alice in Chains while I'm writing, because then, you know, I'll write my teenage poetry again. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody <laughs> wants to read that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm, I I used to really need silence. And then when I started working in coffee shops, I realized that, um, you know, I'm not going to get silence, so at least I can control what I hear. So I have various um, playlists on Spotify that I'll put on. If, like, I'm, you know, doing some sort of not creative work or um you know a nanorimo thing or journal writing so uh yeah i mean it kind of blows all over the place yeah that's interesting so um does does the type of music that you listen to change depending on on that context like i i've like for my this book project i've been working on i have a lot of like browser tabs open and a lot of like research that i'm doing um and yeah for for that like i just can't have anything else in my brain except that but then if i'm just <laughs> like doing some morning pages or writing an email like i'll i'll just listen to something light yeah huh yeah, yeah if, if i'm on the computer i i type faster than i write so i tend to listen to faster stuff oh interesting yeah like lately yeah, it's makes- like uh grimes i don't know if you guys have heard grimes before yeah but um stuff like that or uh uh old metallica Uh, (laughs) i mean like if you listen to master of puppets you could write a novel in like 10 minutes yeah try it seriously i 
<laughs> I would write three words because I would just. I seriously get so obsessed with, <laughs> with like words on like anything I'm hearing, I just like start picking it apart. Yeah, but um, I definitely. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do the same thing though. Like with like upbeat music versus like chill music. Um, but I, and one thing I actually think about when I'm when I'm making a playlist for writing, if it's something that I don't like, if I'm writing fiction and I know the scene, then I try to. I and this kind of can be a a bad thing sometimes is I try to pick the perfect song for the scene. Mm. Uh, and often I'll pull from like, uh, film scores and things like that to play in as, as I'm writing it. But if I'm just writing and I just want to see where I go and, and I'm not trying to, and I don't know where I'm going is what I'm trying to say. Mm. I actually kind of like a playlist that jumps around, like got a happy song, like a song that's a little more upbeat, and then a song that's like way down and then a song that's um, kind of somewhere in the middle so that it kind of leads me in a direction like subconsciously. I start sort of writing to the music and it, it just kind of takes the takes the steering wheel out of my hands a little bit, you know, yeah. for a little while. Spotify, take the wheel. <laughs> Spotify, take. There's our, oh, yeah, <laughs> there's there's our, our title. There's our title. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you all listen to music usually? Are you using headphones or do you have the stereo going or? Definitely headphones. Um, so headphones, but when I'm in the shower, I have a Bluetooth speaker that's um, sort of waterproof, and my shower's like marble tile, which is really, really bouncy. So I tend to have like my own little dance party in the shower. Say sort of so, uh, <laughs> waterproof. It's a uh, splash proof. So oh, okay, cool. I, I mean, I dropped for your yeah. Okay, I've dropped it in the toilet before, and it a clean toilet, and it was fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I drop it in the shower all the time. It slides off because it's, you know, too much bass. It knocks itself over. <laughs> but, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And, um, Yay, technology. How, how do you, how do you usually find music? Do you just hop around on Spotify or do you, do you look through records at a record store and then find a, a Spotify version of it? How, how do you usually <laughs> find what you're going to listen to? Everywhere. So um, you guys don't use Android, but I'm sure there's something like this on Apple. But um, if you open the search bar for Google and press the microphone for you to talk, um, if it hears music, it'll say, what's this music? Oh, yeah. So if you hit that, it'll pull it up and um, you can link, I mean, open it right in Spotify on your phone, which is pretty cool. Nice. So um, I find a lot of stuff that way and um, just letting Spotify float around. But um, like most of the people I know either like the same music as I do or music that I really don't like. Yeah. So I don't get enough friend recommendations from enough people. I think I think Tim should Tim should just have a running kind of like Spotify playlist because I've heard from so many people who listen to the podcast that they get their music from him, from you, Tim. <laughs> so. well, well, that's really nice. <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a music yeah. thought leader. No, I I think it's like a fault, like with with how I find music because I spend like way too much time on it. So we're talking about finding music to listen to while we write, and I think often I end up just searching for music to write to without writing enough. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have to find the perfect um, perfect album. So I mean, <laughs> I absolutely will find like a song I like. I'm like, oh, this is cool, and then I'll first of all I'll see if I can start a Pandora station on that one song, like how you can, you know, if there's you can start a, a station that's just based on one song and then like see how it does. And then on Pandora, it's really cool how they, and this is fairly new. I don't remember when they started doing this, but 
your station can either just be like classic Pandora or you can have it go to crowd favorites, which is like the ones that got liked the most on the station. And then you can go to discovery, which is like a little like more out of the box and then deep cuts, which are just like all over the place. And so that's a really good way to find music through Pandora and then just kind of keep track of those songs. But most of the time I feel like it's on Amazon unlimited or on Spotify or whatever. I'll find somebody I like and I'll listen to the album and then I'll just pay attention to the related artists that show up at the bottom of the page, you know, and just start making playlists, like dropping albums in there. And I usually end up dropping the whole album, not song by song most of the time. And then that playlist that grows from that, I'll play on a, a shuffle. And if a song shows up that if it has lyrics, I'll usually delete it immediately. And then if it, um, or if it just has like a sort of too weird kind of avant-garde, it, it needs to have like a rhythm to it for yeah. me. And so if it's something that's like oddball or changes a lot or too staticky or jarring, then I'll delete it uh, from the list. But yeah, usually like the related artists or, or Pandora or some sort of like radio function is how I end up finding most of the music that I yeah uh, listen to, but definitely like write to. Nice. I, I usually like what's great about Spotify is that, yeah, it's really easy to just like collect and share play, playlists from from people. Um, so I, I sometimes will just like get in the search bar and type like, you know, concentration music or soft focus mm-hmm. or writing or something. And you come across so many interesting playlists that way. And of course, you come across a lot of crap, too. But yeah, um, there's a yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to do it. Um, I, I switched to Amazon Unlimited like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then like three days ago, because of this, switched back to Spotify and realized how much better Spotify is. And the main thing with Amazon is that the playlist game is crap. It's yeah. like off. Like they have terrible, like they, they don't have play, as many playlists, but also they don't have the public playlist where you can make them and share them with other people. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a real bummer. Cause that's, that's one thing I definitely miss. I'm glad to be back using Spotify a little more now uh, yeah. for, for streaming music. Yeah. And it, it uh, integrates in the stuff better too. Yeah. Like if mm-hmm. you have a um, a Google Home, I can just yell out, you know, hey Google Play, blop, and it'll just it'll yank it off Spotify. Yeah. That's it's pretty nice. awesome. I'm so lazy. Except for except <laughs> for integrating into Skype, because uh... yeah, we tried that. <laughs> we were trying to figure <laughs> well, out how to do that to play it today, and that did not well, work. So. There will be episode one eighteen point one, which will be us rapping along to Beastie Boys once we figure out Spotify. Oh yeah, <laughs> good. We didn't tell you about this yet, Tim. You gotta <laughs> sharpen, bonk, bonk, your pencil, bonk, bonk, to ride with. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, Johnny's gonna serenade us with his mouth harp um, oh, while we <laughs> while we listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Do you wanna do you wanna jump in and maybe like do do trade offs? Like Tim does one, Johnny does one, I do one. Sure. Yeah. So, so maybe good. maybe we can introduce it and just talk uh, really briefly about like what kind of inspires us about it, and then like you know pick a pick a short short sample um, you know that we can play from just to inspire people. Does that sound good? Yeah, that cool. sounds good. And I'll uh, and I'm not. So we got five. We picked five to to sort of highlight. <laughs> uh huh. My hearing. You're hearing. What am I hearing? I assume Johnny. Sorry about that. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I thought that was like a so, you're trying to put like a little hint into the episode or something. No, I um my head, with my my headphones on for recording. I didn't know that my phone was making noise. <laughs> Oops. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so we have five here. I don't know if I'll, we'll have time to play a clip from all five, but um, yeah. Yeah, so, so the first one I'm going to mention, which is kind of like I'm going to start with the best first. And he, so my favorite guitar player on the planet is named Bill Frizzell. And he's a he's a jazz guitar player, but he plays. It's that's a really like a pigeon that that's pigeonholing him in a way that like, I don't know a better term for him than jazz guitar player. But he does everything, and he's really fantastic. And so he has this album that I found in high school, and I really wish I knew how I found it in high school, because I did not think I was this cool in high school to find this thing. But it's called East West is the name of the album. It's the Bill Frizzell Trio, and so it's him and a bass player and a and a drummer. And they play these songs live on tour, and then they made like a best of the tour kind of album. And some of the songs were covers of like Americana tunes. And and the one that I love the most is called Shen, is, is the song Shenandoah, hmm. which is a is a classic American song. And this is a like a it's like a twelve minute instrumental version of Shenandoah that he plays using lots of like delay and, hmm. and looping kind of stuff. And, uh, it has brought me to tears multiple times in my life and not just, not when I'm writing, I'm not like writing and falling into, but like, it's, it's a really beautiful song. And so I'll play a little clip it, from it. I assume it's a tribute to those Greenfield notes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just a little, a little taste. So it's a song that's it's very subdued at parts, but it, it kind of builds to a, a pretty fantastic climax hmm. in the song where all of the loops and all the things that he's doing with his guitar kind of build up and then just kind of fall to the ground. It's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It's, it's maybe one of my favorite songs I've ever um, listened to. I've listened to it so many times, but uh, it's, I find it really inspiring when I'm writing, but it also isn't kind of like over the top where it can be, if you're writing something that's sad, the song can feel kind of mournful. If you're writing something happy, the song can seem like ecstasy. Um, so uh, this is, I'm, I'm starting with my strongest recommendation, which is East West by Bill Frizzell. And there's also a, like a year later, he came out with Further East, Further West, which was from the same tour. So I, I encourage everybody to check out Bill Frizzell for for writing music it's just absolutely gorgeous stuff yeah so that's my first choice how about you johnny so um for my first choice i'm going to go with the song called infrared by the band placebo that apparently is not that popular even though they've been around for like 25 years or something um so my favorite tattoo artist listens to really good music and um I don't know why, like, the, you know, there's like the, the shop iPad through the sound system. He usually gets to pick the albums. So he always puts on um, A Place for Us to Dream by Placebo, which is sort of a 20-year um, retrospective they did. So this song is on another album, but if you aren't familiar with Placebo, check it out on this album because it's long and it, you know, goes from the mid-90s to a few years ago. Um, and they're really cool because they're... Um, I don't know. They're really outspoken about a lot of uh, social issues and mental health issues. So um, 
yeah, they're 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 not your average crap rock band. So um, I'm gonna see if I can get this to play. Yeah, and also he has a really nasal voice. He sounds like the guy from the Decemberists, but um, <laughs> much less pretentious. So this is the song called uh, Infrared. That's from the '90s, I think. <laughs> oh, is that loud enough? Okay, so like you can't really hear any of the bass because this is my phone. Yeah, but um, yeah, come on, they did, come they on Johnny, make... you if anybody should realize how important the bass is to that song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to get on my acoustic, <laughs> yeah. it's a really easy song. But um, yeah, they're I think they're they get a lot of crap for being sort of androgynous and um, uh, going through drummers like some people go through pants, but uh, you know, drummers are disposable. Pants. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. You know. It, Keep them for a while, but not forever. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe like, I should say, I should say jeans. Cool stance, yeah. Okay. I'm like, yeah, it's enough. We got a new one now. But um, <laughs> I think now they're just officially a two-piece. But uh, yeah, they're, you know, a lot of the stuff tends to be kind of darkish. And uh, some of their older songs are about drugs <laughs> in a recreational fun way. But uh, yeah, so that's my first choice. How about you, Andy? All right. Um, my first choice is from. It's interesting. It's from a band that. So uh, the lead, the lead of this band is somebody I know um, in real life. They're from Fort Wayne. Um, over the years, he's had like various bandmates, and one of them was my child best childhood best friend growing up, and other people, kind of from Fort Wayne. But they've they've gotten a little bit. They definitely haven't gotten famous, but they've gotten they've gone on tours. They've gone on international tours before, so. They're like they've they've picked up momentum over the years. Um, it's called Metavari, and I honestly don't know how to classify it because they've changed a lot over the, the last ten years. Um, I have all of their albums, and I think I like their earlier stuff the best, um, but I still like them a lot. Um, he uh, so that they have a they have an album called "Be One of Us and Hear No Noise," which is kind of like ambient kind of like synth but with a beat and sometimes he overlays like audio clips on it um it's very like some of the ones that have are especially full of like dialogue and stuff are hard to write to but he has a few that are just really good and have a really kind of upbeat beat (laughs) and just sound really good so the the they're really like atmospheric it's like it just sort of feels very full and very like wide. Like I, I listened to through our playlist earlier today and it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I really, I really like them. That's, it was, it's really good. It's it's like part electronic music, but also, yeah, there's, uh, he incorporates a lot a little of more soul to it. Yeah. He incorporates a lot of like real life samples into it. So, um, I'm, I'm going to play just part of this, um, this first, um, this song here. If I can get it. Can you guys hear it all right? Yep. So I'm going to skip forward a little Sounds bit. good. A little loud. Let's skip ahead. So, yeah. A lot of the songs are like that. Um, 
they're just a just a really great band. They have some of the newer stuff is a lot more kind of abstract and kind of like hard to get into, but still still really good. So that is Medivari. Uh, Tim, do you want to jump in with another one? Yeah, and I've got one that kind of pairs really nicely with that one, which is a a, a tune by uh, Brian Eno, which we yeah. know Brian Eno. Oh yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> It's a fairly recognizable fella, but uh, this song I actually found it from. Uh, this is was apparently one of the favorite songs of David Foster Wallace, and it showed and it showed up in the end of the tour, the movie about him. Uh, you know, at the very end, and the, he he loved this song. It's a, it's an instrumental song as well. And it's kind of in a similar vein. So let me just go ahead and play a play a clip. Yeah. It's really, it's a really nice uh, melody, and then the, and then I should say the melody kind of comes in right there where you heard it was uh, kind of up high in the higher register. It, it it's similar to, and I almost put them on the list, but Sigaros band from Iceland. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, they would be real. They're really good writing music a lot of time, and especially it helps because it's like a different language slash a made up language, and so it doesn't get in the way of. <laughs> Of what you're, of what you're writing. So I mean, I, Sigurus could easily be on here as well. But it's just absolutely beautiful. It's about three minutes, and it's just this big, wide sound. So I really, really love that one. So that's that's my second pick. Nice. So what about you, Johnny? Um, for my second pick, I'm going with a classic. Uh, the world has turned and left me here by Weezer, from the I guess you call it the Blue Album now, the 1994 hmm. release, because um. A, that's a really, really good album to write to because there's a pretty constant vibe, but it's not too slow. And because I've been in bands where we've covered like half the album before. Um, and at the end, they sort of start layering the vocals in a really, really nice Weezer kind of way. So uh, this is that part. Okay. So, um, I mean, I can't imagine anyone that hasn't heard this album, but, um, people yeah, born, it's, people born after 1994, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was the right age when it came out. I was 14 or 15 and there's a song on there about hanging out in the garage and playing in rock bands and playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. So yeah. that's my cool. students today really like Weezer. They know Weezer. And so like. I'll, they'll come into class and I'll have "Say It Ain't So" or some song playing, and they'll be like, oh, "I love this song," you know, like, which is which is pretty cool. Like, I mean, these are kids who are who were born like after nine eleven. Yeah. So, oh man, for, for, <laughs> for context. Yeah. yeah, this is like classic rock now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I but used yeah. to full disclosure. I used to get Weezer and Guster confused. Not because they sound what? Any, not because they sound anything alike, but because the names are so similar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was never able to get into Guster. Yeah, I can't. I don't care. For, I I like Weezer much better than Guster. Same. 
Yeah. Yeah. Even <laughs> so though they there's um... our new episode title, the episode where the three <laughs> where the three hosts agree on not liking Guster. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we yeah. don't like Guster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't dislike them, but um, yeah. You know, Weezer's got a lot of albums. They just put out like two this year. But, um, you know, the first one is the best one. I, I, I just love that they just, you know, redid, uh, just, just covered Africa by Toto. Yeah. And yeah. that was, that was so good. amazing. And then, yeah. and then Africa, uh, or Toto um, covered a Weezer song, apparently. <laughs> and they also covered um, Rosanna, but it, they didn't put it on the, um, the cover album. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did some good covers, but they didn't change them enough, yeah. I think. Yeah, have you ever heard the... Uh... What's his name? Rivers Rivers Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard about his songwriting process? Yeah. No. He writes his songs in a spreadsheet. <laughs> what? So he has he has this apparently has this insane spreadsheet where he writes verses, uh, kind of like here and there, and these like little bits and pieces, and then he just goes through and just like kind of like I'll take this and this and this and this and this and this and this, and then like tries to weave them together. So oh, it's that's like amazing. This really kind of like bizarre. Yeah, it sounds so cool. I love that to see is- that. Spreadsheet, that but explains the sweater song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like stuff. He he just has kind of nailed it on just the idea that it doesn't have to be logical. It just needs to be like sort of like whatever appealing to the ear or something. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's so interesting. He just kind of like grabs things from random. I think it was it might have been a song exploder episode or something where I heard. Uh, an I love song exploder. Where he. It might have been a Weezer song exploder where he talks about that process, but it was some. It was definitely some podcast I heard him interviewed on. So good, awesome. Um, oh, cool. I'll do. I'll do one here. Um, so sometimes I I do, you know, just want to hear some words, and I think um, like I've discovered that like if they're in a different language, I can kind of get like you know lyrical music, but I <laughs> but I won't focus on like what they mean, and you know focus on the the semantic meaning of the words. So um, in college, a friend played some Cuban music in the student newspaper office, and it was just so beautiful and so good. Um, it was a, um, a uh, Ibrahim Ferrer song, who is a uh, Cuban uh, musician, and he was playing at the Buena Vista Social Club. And so there's this really great song that is um, an old Cuban song. It's called Bruca Manigua. And uh, I'm not entirely sure. I did a little research on what it's about and it's it's about um it's kind of sung, sung from the perspective of an escaped um slave from um like from africa coming down down south or from the u.s coming down south into uh, latin america and i think bruca manigua is something like into the mountains um which That's is, really which is cool. where he's running and it's a really like there's many different versions of the song and this is the ibrahim ferrer song and it's just really just really nice and just pleasant. Try to skip to some, some vocals.
so that the whole album is just full of just just really good just old spanish language songs like that i have to tell you that 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 song earlier today made for the best four and a half minutes of walking theo that i think i've ever had (laughs) that was like the most pleasant the most pleasant song to listen to while walking your dog i was just like oh man this is a good way to (laughs) end my afternoon and i yeah i I love it that that, go ahead i was gonna say continue i'm sorry well, I was just going to say that it reminds me of my, like when you're talking about like foreign language stuff. Yeah. Is that um, I really like listening to the soundtrack for Midnight in Paris by Woody Allen. Mm. Um, it's got a lot of French, uh, uh, French music. And yeah. that's, a, that's a good hangout slash writing music yeah. as well. This, this song or this album reminds me a lot of um, I was, oh, I think it was 24. 20- one twenty-two, and I was the editor of the student newspaper in college, and I um, would often pull all-nighters, um, just kind of like finishing up, like layout of the newspaper and editing things and pulling it together. And I wanted like music that would like perk me up, but wasn't just like, you know, super like Iron Maidening. I didn't, I didn't want anything that was like <laughs> just really. <laughs> so this was this was perfect. Wasn't gonna stress you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Should we um should we do one more round uh, where we play a preview and then um, after that just talk about our two remaining songs? Yeah, how about sure. list yeah. a few and then only play an example of one? Okay, yeah, let's oh, good go. Idea. Sound good. Let's go through our last three songs um, and then yeah, we can play one of an example. So, Tim, do you want to okay. do to jump in? Yeah, sure. Uh, the first one is "Your Hand and Mine" by Explosions in the Sky, and that's a, a band that's a really good go-to for me and they're an instrumental post-rock band hmm. that and when you listen to them it'll sound kind of imp- improvised but i've actually seen them live in concert and they they plan out every minute of that song so it's all planned out and uh what you might recognize that song from is the movie friday night lights which a lot of people have seen hmm. and there's a you know a series a tv series that was made as well but they did the soundtrack for friday night lights and so that's a yeah, very good song. And then the other one I'll bring up, and I had to have a jazz uh, song to you know put in the mix. And and for me, when I'm listening to jazz while writing, it needs to be on the simple side, which is really what I like most of the time in jazz, which is a trio. So like three people mm-hmm. playing, either guitar, drums, bass, or piano, drums, bass. And so the one I chose was a cover of a, and I think this is a Gershwin song. Uh, I got it bad and that ain't good uh, by the Gershwins. And so this is a cover of it by the Oscar Peterson trio, which this is on, on an album that's called night train, which is an album that I definitely listen to very often while writing. So I would recommend that, that album. And it's just like, it's kind of like in the same vein as your last, uh, choice Andy that's kind of upbeat uh, kind of keeps you going keeps you happy keeps yeah. you you thinking but doesn't put you to sleep and also doesn't stress you out and it's just some beautiful piano playing because Oscar Peterson is one of the masters so um, that album and so the one that I want to play though and this is my last choice is there, there's a guy I absolutely love and I guarantee I've talked about him a long time ago you know at some point but his name is Dustin O'Halloran and he's a piano player and so what I found him, I found out about him through an album called Piano Solos Volume 2, which it sounds, the best way to describe it is it sounds like he's playing a piano in the back of an old bar in Scotland. 
Um, it's like slightly out of tune. Um, he's self-taught and you can hear that, but in a good, in a good way, you know? Um, and so he is, he's just a, a beautiful composer. And so now he's gone from those piano solos albums to making, um, to doing scores for, for films. And so the one I want to play with, play for you. And and some people may have heard this is that he did the theme for the show transparent on Amazon. Oh yeah. That's a great show. And so here I'll, yeah, so I'll play, I'll play that. The orchestra will come in eventually, and it'll, you know, gain complexity through that as it goes. But it's a really beautiful theme, and it just sounds like it's just somebody in the back of a room that you're just hanging out in playing piano. And it's absolutely beautiful. So anything by Dustin O'Halloran, and he has a uh, a wing. Uh, he has a band also that's called A Winged Victory for the for the Sullen. I think it's called A Winged Victory for the Sullen, which is a very hipster name for a band. Um, <laughs> But it's also really beautiful. And the the only other thing I have to mention, and I cannot not mention this, is that if you are looking for music to listen to while writing, look for Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. So Nick Cave is like a sort of rock god, like underground rock god. But he did the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Oh, that's a good film. Um, that that soundtrack is incredible. So. Check that out. It's mostly like piano and violin in kind of the same sort of out of tune kind of mode that Dustin O'Halloran does. And it's it has the same feeling really as like intrig- of, as like a Victrola, except without all that like poppiness and like flatness of a Victrola. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a that's a good observation. And he oh he also did the soundtrack. Those two, uh, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, also did the soundtrack for The Road, the movie based on the Cormac McCarthy. Mm. Uh, novel so definitely check them out so i seriously could talk about this for like a nine hour episode so that's why i'm like i keep sneaking things in and i kept like saying why don't we just say all three of them and then just play like one of them because i could just talk about this all day long so you're just you're so much better at talking about music than i am like i i just i often just don't have the like articulation for talking about music and you you're really good at it whatever (laughs) (laughs) you're also great at taking a compliment (laughs) whatever shut up Andy next (laughs) all right well thank you Andy that's that's very nice (laughs) (laughs) okay Johnny what what about you Um, so I'm going to go with a song that's called heaven slash hell by churches but they spell churches with a V instead of a U. They're, yeah, they're a Scottish band. So they did that so they would show up in search engines better, which totally works. Mm. But um, they, they put out an album last year called Love is Dead that could be like, you know, the B-side soundtrack to Stranger Things. It was really 80s-ish. And I don't think everybody in the band was alive during the 80s, or at least not potty trained. So, <laughs> Johnny, do you want to hear real quick my church's story? Yeah. So um, back when I worked at Facebook, um, we there was um, just like a big, uh, it was the big developers conference. So like a big party that Facebook threw and like with a keynote address and all this stuff. And 
they um for the employees they just had a um they had this big like party on the roof of one of the buildings um and they were like hey come up we're gonna have a band it's gonna be lots of fun so everybody's like gathering around and get, guess who the band was that was just like randomly play, playing for the employees it was churches that's awesome yeah that's very cool just like completely yeah. randomly they didn't even announce it they were just like yeah we have a band <laughs> come listen you think it's gonna be like a cover band yeah from- like Oakland or something. Yeah, like Mark Zuckerberg's, <laughs> like you know, sister's band or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the whole album has a sort of like end of the prom feel. Like, oh, it's over. <laughs> but but um, you know, there a lot of the stuff gets a little melancholy. But this one was a lot less like dance hall beats and more like eighties glam. Hmm. And um, when it came out, I remember I sat outside and wrote for like three lengths of the album until it got dark. Like, Ooh, I really like this. Um, and another song is called Borden of Frustration by the band James, who everybody only knows because of that one song from like 93 or 94 called Laid, where, you know, he sings in falsetto and talks about SEX. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was before he went bald. So he, the lead singer of James was in the Batman movies. He played one of the Arkham Asylum inmates, like the bald guy with a goatee who looks terrifying. That's mm-hmm. the cuddly guy from James. But uh, Born of Frustration is a song from uh, Seven, which came out, I think, 91. So a lot of their stuff has sort of an early U2 vibe, but they came out and they came up at the same time as U2. Like by the time Laid came out, they had been around for a long time. And they broke up for a while, got back together. And now they're making music again. But um, Born of Frustration is a really cool movie. Or movie. A song It reminds me of um, the idea from the philosopher Max Shaler about world resistance. That like, you know, life just sucks because everything you want isn't going to happen. Because, you know, hell is other people and the world is a cruel place. But it's upbeat and it has trumpet. <laughs> it sounds upbeat. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But um, that album is like really, really good. You can just listen to the whole album. Um, that's just not true of all their albums. And some of their stuff gets a little exper- eh, experimental because they're all actually really good at their instruments, but you wouldn't know it by listening to that one damn song everybody listens to. Um, and I have to have an honorable mention for Speed of Pain by Marilyn Manson from The Mechanical Animals <laughs> because it's such a good concept album. But uh, moving on to saner music. Uh, my last song is... A really long title called Hold On When You Get Love and Let Go When You Give It by Stars, the Canadian band. Hmm. Have you guys hmm. heard stuff by them? No. No. So um, I think they came out in the late 90s with the reputation for being kind of dark. But um, they're sort of like Arcade Fire, but poppier and with more interesting lyrics. Hmm. And then they had a, a second singer um as a guest and now she's a permanent member of the band and then they had to take time off because she and the bass player got married and had kids but um this song is uh, from an album called the north which is obviously by canada but it's probably my least favorite album by them but it's my favorite song and a wedding that i'm going to in a few weeks you know in the um rsvp card they asked for a song request so i requested this song because it's got a lot of nice 80s flavor and it's like really just a good song i think the video was um you know a lot of their stuff is sort of activist this was 2014 i think the video just had a lot of trans folks having fun and dancing and the band i don't think the band was in it but uh yeah so this is um hold on when you get love and let go when you give it by stars
yeah that's that's it's super lush and um their last album was called like there is no love in a fluorescent light like you know the writing is really really good but yeah that, that's my last song nice i like that leave it on a, on a positive so, note and i was gonna ask you johnny like with hearing music that like has lyrics because i keep like mentioning that but like so when you're writing do you notice them at all or does it just kind of like not compute or how does how does that like how does your um, brain work when you're when you're writing sometimes um you know you'll you'll be writing a word that also someone sings at about the same time and that's kind of weird that mm-hmm. sort of tunes me back in but a lot of it is um i think when i'm writing i'm not listening to the lyrics i'm just listening to the music part oh, and, okay you know playing in the rhythm section and bands i guess it's easy for me to tune out the lead singer because <laughs> you know ego <laughs> but uh <laughs> I mean, I'm in a band now with a very egoless lead singer, which is awesome. That's that's interesting because yeah, like that's the the opposite for me. Like like I can't actually, and this is different than the one you had mentioned, Andy. But like those things that play the sound of coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of the reason why I can't listen or I can't write in a coffee shop is because all I want to do is listen to everything everybody is saying. <laughs> Just eavesdrop on everybody, yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to do yeah. is, is, is eavesdrop, like kind of for the sake of like mining for material, but then that like is counterproductive because I'm not paying any attention to my writing. So... So yeah. that's just that's that's interesting to me because I can't figure out how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah. And but. and sometimes there's like especially I've been discovering with this book, I can like basically only write from a coffee shop. Like I I've <laughs> if I'm writing at work, I'll just go up to our like cafe upstairs at the building and like mm-hmm. do it there, which is <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. That's that yeah. Because like these songs you're playing, Johnny, like I can I can get the vibe of them, you know? I'm like I could totally imagine writing to this because it's just, but it's just like my brain is imagining how to, how to not pay attention to the to the, <laughs> to the lyrics, but like the the sound of the song is like, yeah, totally. Yeah, Stars gets you because their lyrics are are usually really good. Like they have a song called um, "I Died So I Could Haunt You" that is what it sounds like. That's really good. Yeah, but I mean, I, also when you listen, their their music is really nice and layered. So after a few listens, you can tune out the uh, the lyrics a lot. Nice. Well, let's see my my remaining three. Um, the rest, the couple of these are like pretty well known, so I probably don't wouldn't even need to play them in general. But one of them is that like you know, movie soundtracks. John Williams is just a really good, like, just just really good music to listen to. Like the theme from Jurassic Park specifically. Like I think we all kind of know yeah. that. Da 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 da. It's just really good, and if has this really great like s- emotional swelling and it's just kind of grand and it's really great. Um, it's also one of those, those themes that I don't know how he does it, but like it can seem totally familiar, but also totally new at like the exact yeah. same time. So it's like, you don't listen to it and you're like r- trying to write and you're like, I'm listening to the Jurassic park theme. I'm listening to the Jurassic park theme. I'm listening to the, you know, like yeah, it, totally. it feels like uh, there, I don't know how he does it. Cause that's, that's one of the best uh, movie movie yeah. uh, scores or movie themes out there it's ever so good. yeah and and even like you know I, I tried i was just like looking up of some of john williams other stuff and of course you know like star wars was in there and i, I think for me like yeah. most of the star wars music unless it's like incidental or background music is just too iconic and i just yeah. get upset. Well, like, like harry the, potter yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
like um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's like it's like this is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this is Lord of the Rings. There's something about Jurassic Park that makes it like yeah, it's it's grander or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. Um, another one which I it always kind of like makes me feel embarrassed embarrassed, but I think it's because my dad is a big like soft piano fan. Like he he loves you know like George Winston. You familiar with him? Um, he's a yeah. He's a pianist and composer, and he he wrote the music for the Snowman, which is that really beautiful like animated movie, winter movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, there's there's one that's that's maybe kind of similar to it. It's a really good, just relaxing kind of introspective song. It's it's a guy named Max Richter. Um, it's called, I love him. I I don't know any like I've never heard him before. I discovered this particular playlist, but yeah, he wrote a, a song on an album called "A Catalog of Afternoons," and it was just sort of like just really great. T- tell me more about Max Richter. Well, I I found him from like I had described my process of finding music to to listen to while writing. Yeah. Um, Dustin O'Halloran, the guy I just talked about, who did the the piano solos albums and then the transparent theme. Um, he was a related artist to him. So mm-hmm. I found him through Dustin O'Halloran. And so I really love what I had heard of him. And even just that, like the title, a catalog of afternoons is just tells me that he's writing music. That's supposed to represent the most normal times of your day. You know, yeah. like the afternoons, it's not, you know, late night, it's not late night jazz, or it's not like, you know, it's supposed to, it's, it's just the moments that are the most normal and and another one who showed up with him, with Max Richter and Dustin O'Halloran, is a, a guy named, uh, and I'm going to totally butcher the pronunciation of this, but it's Olafur Arnolds. Hmm. It's O-L-A-F-U-R, and then his last name is A-R-N-A-L-D-S. And he has, and so I found them all together. And Olafur has an album that's called Living Room Songs, that's kind of in the same world and they sound very similar, but it's got that kind of, you know, back of the bar piano kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, soft piano, but not cheesy, just like Max Richter, hmm. you know, it doesn't sound cheesy. It doesn't, it, it's soft. It's, it's solo. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're sitting in a, you know, country club lobby or whatever. Right. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I love that guy though. Yeah. Um, that's a good choice. And the one that I'll play for you, um, which, which by the way, um, I just realized that we are uh, pretty exclusively uh, dude musicians here. Um, so we should do another one with um, with uh, mm-hmm. women artists. But um, th- this one is no exception. Um, it's an artist that I um, I discovered just through um, listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is 99% Invisible, which is about design and architecture. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Um, he uses... Um, this artist has a lot of his background music. Uh, it's called, it's OK Ikumi. It's a guy, Carl Jorgensen or Jorgensen, um, just from Salt Lake City. Uh, he plays a lot of like kind of ambient environmental music, but um, just really nice, just really good and instrumental, I guess. A um, little bit electronic, really good beat to it. Um, so this particular one is uh, from, I think his, one of his earliest albums uh, called um, Alpine Scenes. And uh, let me look for it here. Alpine Sequences, I'm sorry. That's what it is. And the uh, the name of the song is um, uh, Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer Horn, which I, 
honestly don't know enough about this music to really know what this is in reference to, but it's just really nice. So I'm going to play it and then just skip right to kind of a middle sequence here. really good focus music, I think, if you know what I mean. And there's... When I... Yeah. Gosh, when I listened to that today, I, like, immediately became obsessed with it. Like, I was listening to the album. I, I love this stuff. Yeah. It's like... It sounds... It almost sounds like old school... It's like if old school video game music was written today. Yeah, that's a good way to that's put it. That's what it sounds like. Like I, I love that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I immediately saved that album, that Pfeiffer Horn, uh, Pfeiffer Horn album. So, yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's really good. All of it. There's like three or four Okiyakumi albums. Um, they're all really good. Um, I, I'll try to find a link to the playlist, but somebody made basically just a playlist of all the songs you hear in 99% Invisible episodes, and honestly, that's a really good. Um, uh, like writing concentration album, like playlist as well. So I'll track that down. That's yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. And that's, there are so many like good playlists made on Spotify that you can already just like jump yeah. right to. And that would, that, I mean, I'm, I'm already looking it up that one you just mentioned, but there's also one, there's one called late night jazz. Hmm. That's a really good one because it's it's jazz that doesn't get too weird and also doesn't get too cheesy. So it's like a sort of like a nice middle ground. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, one th- one thing we'll we'll mention before we uh, wrap things up is um, we in the Erasable group put in a put out a call for um, you know other people's favorite um, favorite music to write with uh, write by. So I stuck them all together in, in a songs from the Erasable community album. Um, there's a bunch in here that I added, but then also, um, 34 songs so far, but I made it a collaborative playlist. So if you're in the Erasable group, uh, go, go (laughs) click the link and add your own songs. Um, did you, did you add all these? Oh, Oh, somebody, these were recommended in the group. Yeah. Yeah. These are people in the group suggested them. And then I just found them on Spotify and put them in this playlist. But that's really, I think if somebody recommended Iron Maiden, which you like literally, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it was at the top that's of mind because cool. I was just like, I actually don't know this this Iron Maiden yeah. song. There's also one yeah. I've never heard of this band, but there's a song called Chonks by the artist <gasps> Snarky Puppy, and is from Elizabethton, Tennessee. Really? Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. He went to the school I teach at. Yeah. Oh wow. Snarky Puppy is they're like local celebrities here. Oh, I yeah, think you they... talked about this band before. That's really funny that you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was gonna say something, but yeah, Snarky Puppy. It's called. They're, it's called Chonks. Chonks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Snarky Puppy is awesome. They're Pe- great. I've Pe- talked about them before. Yeah. But from so, they're somebody... from Tennessee, or or oh, like a, a couple of them are from Tennessee. So nice. Somebody somebody put this mountain in there, which R.I.P. our old intro music. Oh, well, that's yeah. really nice of them. <laughs> and yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple others that are just like pencil and art. R.I.P. This Mountain, too, actually. Oh, do they break up? Yeah, they just, they're not touring anymore. Oh, so that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody else put just, like, pencil-related songs in here. There's a song by They Might Be Giants called Pencil Rain. Um, <laughs> there's a Tom York song called The Eraser. Um, Ooh. 
there's another one I need to listen to that's called I Used to Write in Notebooks by Rhett Miller. <laughs> uh, Rhett Miller, I know him. Yeah. It's, uh, so, um, which band was he in? I don't know. This is just a, a solo thing, I guess. But, um, yeah. yeah, so. Um, Old 97s, that's what he was in. Okay. Was 97s, I know him. Yeah. He looks like a country David Bowie. Yep. Right <laughs> that here. is a good description. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any it's sense. It's a honky tonk David Bowie. <laughs> honky tonk yeah. David Bowie. Yeah. Um, so I'll uh, I'll put a link to this in the show notes too. And if you're in the Raceable group, go find that link and add one or two songs of your own. I'd love to hear from you. So um, yeah. Anything before we wrap this up, guys? Um, listen to stars. Yeah. Like check out uh, their older stuff too. Perfect. <laughs> yeah i don't think so this has been fun this yeah. is uh like i said this is a topic that i can talk about like for days yeah so and do... i really want to see what people add to the what add people add to the playlist and and you know and tell us what you think of our playlist you know yeah absolutely and and honestly like you I, I, tim i think you should have a like a spinoff music podcast i think you would be really really mm. good at that I don't got yeah. time for that. <laughs> exactly. Three three podcasts. That's, that's enough. Well, <laughs> you could just... do four. You could be like, "How to not take a compliment." That's yeah. what. It is. So, so I'll have a. So I'll... Love you, Tim. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time. I'll, for have, a, I'll have a new podcast called Fresh Points of Erasable <laughs> Podcast, in which I talk about music. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's button it up. Um, Tim, where can fit pipe? Blah, blah, blah. Where can people find you on the internet? They can blah 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 at <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Tim Wassum on Twitter, and you can follow me at Timothy Wassum on Instagram. Cool. How about you, Johnny? Um, you can find me on the internet at pencilrevolution.com, on social media at pencilution, and on Medium at j o h n g a m b e r j r. Jigamberger Junior. Yeah. Cool. And I'm Andy. I am at woodclinch.com or andy.wtf. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at uh, A Wellfle, A W E L F L E. So uh, this is the Erasable Podcast. Um, you can find us at erasable.us and you can find this episode and show notes and a recording at erasable.us slash 118. We are on Facebook uh, in our group, in a big, great group called the Erasable Community. That is facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Erasable Podcast. So uh, thank you very much, and we'll catch you in a couple weeks for episode 119. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, maybe we'll turn it off. <laughs> Boom. I'm sitting there waiting. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> what well if I done. just what if I just kept going on and on and on and on? <laughs> the tension was killing me. It's gonna knock out my front teeth. <laughs>